Hello and welcome. I'm Herman Stewart, and you are listening to Finding Your Path podcast, a place where you will hear from our guests on how they found their paths in life, family, and their careers. Today, we will be spending time with Andrew Diper, who is the Vice President of Cap Gemini UK, who is known as a serial dealmaker, an artist, and he has a passion for fast cars. During this talk, Andrew had so much to share about his career journey, upbringing, and some of the challenges he's had to overcome. This is good, so let's dive in. Welcome. You are now with us. Another episode of Finding Your Path, the podcast where we speak to leaders, achievers, and celebrities around how they found their path in life, success, and their careers. Today, we've got Andrew Diper who is such a personality. I'm so looking forward to spending time with you today, Andrew. How's things so far? Very good, my friend, very good. Uh, I mean, I'm as excited as you, so I'm I'm hoping that we will do the podcast justice, but more importantly, that that the listeners and the viewers will will just take something from it and think, God, you know, this is a a different podcast to normal because I don't think it's the the run of the mill. (laughs) Oh, thank you for that, Andrew. And I just want to let people know who is our guest today. He is a vice president of Cap Gemini. So Andrew is one of the best naturally gifted business builders and motivators in the technology and consulting industry. And for over, over 20 years, he has been making a difference, working with some of the biggest biggest ballers, some of the biggest organizations, and really his, rec- his recognition and reputation he is a person that makes it happen he gets stuff done and he is driven and I'm just so I'm so encouraged to have you today because I know that there's so many different facets of your your uh, personality what makes you tick and I just want our guests to be able to hear more about you and you get to share your story so we're soon going to kick off and, and one of the things I want to do to kick off Andrew is just ask what are some of the things you're proud of what Tell me three things that you're proud of, Andrew. Goodness me. Uh, well, firstly, thanks. Um, thanks for the introduction. It's um, you know, it, it's it's a long while since I've been in the industry. Um, it's nice to have any kind of reputation, whether it be good or bad, and I'm and I'm sure that sometimes it's been both. Um, three things that make me proud. So, being a dad to to Eve is. You know, just being a being a father makes me very proud. It makes me um, respect who I am. Mm. I'm actually really proud of what I've achieved. And, and the problem is that so many people are not proud of their achievements because we sometimes struggle with success. You know, our culture doesn't allow people to be successful because when they are, we tend to pull them down. Well, guess what? I'm really proud that I felt... Um, I fought the demons. I overcome loads of challenges, you know, constant hurdles, and and they're still there today. They're not they're not something that you have when you're a teenager and they don't go. So proud of what I've achieved, and I think more recently, um, you know, becoming a VP was an incredible journey. It's not it's not uh, it's not a title that is given by a company like Cab Gemini. They, they're just not an organisation that would say we're going to make you VP. You, you earn vice president status and 
And to do that, you need to be a well-rounded individual covering a multitude of, of aspects. And, you know, I was in Chicago for that, to, to, to go through that process. And I was proud that I didn't let my family down, my dad, my mentors, my team, because they were all behind me. So, yeah, those three. Yeah, being a dad, making it where I've got to, but in the middle, getting through the middle bit, that's the best bit. Mm. I feel what you've said, you said a few interesting things there. And I would like to even dig a bit into when you say that um, around success, like sometimes it's not really celebrated. And what would you say, what experiences have you had concerning success in a sense of where people probably haven't celebrated or you've had negativity from it? Or well, you know, we talk about social conditioning and, and this is a real problem at the moment. What we have is everyone, including whether you're, you know, a really old person like me or you're, you're a 12 year old like my daughter, people have always looked at people as role models and, and, a, and a, aspire to be people, whether it be a footballer like yourself or whether it be an artist or whether it be a musician or a business person. But when People then get success and they start to reap the, the rewards of their effort. There are always a queue of people to knock them down. And, and I think that's a very, very difficult thing to deal with because a lot of people then don't, I think they don't want to be too successful. They want to just be settled and they're happy in their little bubble. And people don't like it, but it's true because they don't, some people are happy in their bubble because they haven't got the desire or the hunger. That's okay. You don't need to have that. But if you do have that desire and hunger and ambition and drive and want and passion, then go for it. And people won't like you because you've got a nice car or a nice watch or a nice house because they will be resentful that they didn't do what you did. Mm. And it's not that they don't like it. It's just that they... It's, it's, it's conditioned within us. You know, you've only got to look at the media. When England start to do well in a sport, the media are straight on their back saying, well, we'll lose on penalties. Instead of saying, we are doing a great job. And my view was to say, I'm going to tell myself I'm going to do a great job. And today I tell my teams, we win together, we lose together. But we are going to celebrate success. And if you know me, I'm pretty good at celebrating success and having fun. And, and that breeds a culture, a spirit, a belief, and it's contagious because then everyone says, I want some of that. Well, you can have it, but you just have to work hard, play harder, be focused, be resilient, have determination and all of the other things. But unfortunately, human nature does, does do that. We, we, we don't like necessarily to see our friends and our colleagues do better than us because the competitive nature inside then says I'm losing as opposed to embracing it and saying I want to learn from that so that I can get on the same journey which is what I try and teach the people around me. I, I, I feel that what you've just shared is, is touching on something quite um, taboo at times um, it's funny because I put a post out the other day and we was just um, talking with a few people around the fear of success because the fear of failure is something that a lot of times 
we're very aware of. People are afraid of not doing well, afraid of not being seen to do well. But then um, what we started to explore and talk about is more around the, the fear of success and sort yeah. of yes. around succeeding in a sense of um, having more responsibilities when you're successful or there's more expectations because you're successful or so forth. But what would you say are some of the reasons that people could fear being successful? Well, you know, if you just take a materialistic object, such as a car or a watch, okay, because when men or women are young, the first things that we think about are, you know, on that journey, you start to think, well, you know, you're not going to buy a house, first of all. The first thing you might buy is a watch or a piece of jewellery because, or a handbag or something cool because that's what you're going to spend a bit of money on. And you want to show people this is something from your hard work. You're not trying to, you're not trying to show it to them to say, look how much money I'm earning. You're trying to show yourself and reward yourself. Hey, that's not a bad thing. Love yourself. Reward yourself. Don't, don't be hard on yourself. Reward yourself for doing something good. What happens is, is you know, I love cars. I've loved cars since I was 14 years old or before then. I used to go to the Grand Prix with my dad and my Uncle Michael and John Drew and a load of other people and watch there and Senna and all the people. I've always been into cars. But when you drive down the road in your car, you see the people thinking, social conditioning, I've made a decision that this person is just being flash and brash and a show off. No, no, no. I love cars. If you want to come and sit in it and have your photo, whatever, because it's just a car, but I love it and it makes me happy. And people should, they should see that happiness. If people have a garden that they've spent thousands of pounds on a garden you don't walk around the garden looking at the flowers going, don't look at them, don't look at them, because they want you to look at the roses. Mm. You look at the roses and say, well done for growing them. If someone's got a car, that's their rose or tree or bush. So sometimes social conditioning makes it very difficult for a younger generation to start to believe in themselves. And... And you have to get over that and you have to show people success is fine. It's good to be successful. To celebrate success is a good thing. To give yourself a pat on the back and say, well done, is needed. You know, you have to look after yourself because if you don't, you will soon find out that other people won't. And when you look after yourself, then you'll find that you can start to look after others much better and if they look after themselves, they'll look after you and they will look after others much better. Mm. But it was, you, you had to be, you have to be very resilient, bloody minded. And the hardest thing was for me, the hardest thing was I really cared what people thought all of the time. Mm. So the more successful I became, the, the harder it hit me inside. Because I, I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. If I drove down the road in a Porsche 911, half the people would say, look at him showing off. If I drove down the road in a clapped out car, half the people would say, huh, he deserves that. He, he can't be successful. So, you know, the hardest thing that you, ha you have to get around is to, to not, to stop caring what people think all of the time. Mm. 
And, and, and even, even when you started to speak about the car, I know that it's not just the car because, I mean, there's just a powerful story behind your car. And I think a lot of times people are um, judgmental. I think a lot of times people draw conclusions before they really have an understanding because of their, their, their thinking. But when you start to understand what someone's gone through or understand how hard someone's worked for a thing, and a lot of times people never see the process, they never see the struggle, they never see the things you've got to overcome, they never see the times when you've been down and out, they never see the times when you have nothing, they only see the times that you've produced something and then they draw a conclusion. But I feel that the story of the car that you've got, which is a nice is a, is a nice Porsche. I think it's it's a, it's a powerful story, and it's also a story that demonstrates belief, demonstrates perseverance, demonstrates um, encouragement. And I think it's something that should be celebrated. So, so do you want to share a bit about the story yeah. of how you got there? Yeah. Um, so um, what Herman's talking about here is, you know, as a as a, a, a youngster, my mum and dad split up when I was. 11 12 years old and and at that time people didn't divorce or split up we came from a, a good family I certainly didn't wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth or anything like that uh, but we came from a decent family and you know it was pretty clear that the expectations of me weren't very high so when you're told at 11 or 12 that you're never going to have anything and you will never be anything and I'm not saying that my parents said that, but, but someone had said that and, and it kind of stuck. And then you've got the other scar of your parents going through a pretty, a pretty miserable uh, a breakup. And then you're, you're 12, kind of being self-sufficient, cooking, cleaning, learning to do things that you should be learning to do when you buy a house at your 19 or 20. On my wall, I put a picture of a... A 1985 red, guards red, Porsche 911 with a whale tail, straight out of the 80s, success. You know, 80s, Miami Vice, Crockett and Tubbs. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just, it inspired me to say, you know, I'm going to have one of those one day. And that was my plan. And actually it was you know, it was the symbol of that's where I need to get to, to, to show that um, I can achieve that because I wasn't prepared to allow people to say, you're never going to be anything because that would have been, and it was very close that I never, I, I very nearly became nothing, very, very nearly became nothing. But you get to that crossroads and then you, you have to decide, you have to grow up, you have to, you have to put some priorities in place. You have to have a plan and you have to start with something, start with the end in mind. And my end was, how are you going to get a Porsche then? How are you going to do that? Where are you going to start when you've got 44 quid in your pocket? Mm. And and I feel what's really important about what you shared, because when I just was listening to the story again, I was wondering how many years did you carry that vision? You know, how many years did you carry that internal picture of what you seen as a goal before you actually acquired it? How long was it? God, um, well, I was 14 and I was, I was 28 when I bought my first Porsche. It wasn't the red one. You know, to buy my red one, I was 38. Mm. Yeah, 
So I was 38 too. I was 38 when I brought the red one and I had it in my head since I was 14. I'd had previous ones then, but the image was that's the one I need to get because I need to tick it and say that I've achieved it. And what to me, what what to me is very interesting is the reality of any kind of success, it takes a certain character, it takes certain values, it takes certain practice, it takes more than just dreaming, but more around doing, you know. Mm. So from, from when we think about Andrew, what kind of what attributes would you say that you have? What if you can list three key attributes? <laughs> I think this is a really difficult one. Um, I'm, I'm pretty risk adverse and spontaneous. You know, I'm. Uh, I don't think too long, and that's been good and bad. So it's let me down on occasions, but and I, I, I tend to go with an instinct. What I don't do is sit and think and think and think and think. It's you need to make it be decisive, and you need to make a decision. So. Um, Drive, drive, you've got to have that desire inside of you, whether you're going to go for a 5K run, 1K run, write a letter, read a book, paint a picture, you've got to say to yourself, and discipline, you've got to say, I'm going to go and do that. So so drive would be number one. Um, Spontaneous, because I am, I will do things on the spur of the moment. I'm not going to wait for someone to give it to me, it's... If it's right, it's going to work. If I'm wrong, then learn. It's okay to be wrong. People say, oh, you were wrong. Okay. It's okay to be wrong. You know, it's the same as it's, it's, it's okay to be successful. We can be wrong. Learn from being wrong and work out how can you make those wrongs rights or, or betters or whatever they want to be. Um, uh, passion. Do you know what? I'm. I'll probably be known for being feisty in a way that says I'm really direct and I will make things happen. So a, a perception would be, you know, he's a, he's quite aggressive or um, direct or curt or or feisty. I think is the the, the term feisty would suit me. But you know what? I'm a real big, soft, emotional guy that cares like everyone else. It's, you know, the, the, the desire comes because there's a huge amount of heart in there, which I wear on my sleeve for everyone to see because you need to be authentic and you need people to see the good and the bad because it's easier to know what's happening when you can see what's in front of you as opposed to trying to guess. So, you know, that, that made, I think that was one of the key things that I found out very early. Having those three kind of traits, people warm to them. He will get things done. He's got a huge amount of want to make it happen. And he says how it is. So people would say, can you do that for me? I say, yeah, 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 let's go. I want to do it. And they would have to say, well, hold on. I want you to do it, but can you do it next week? No, 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 I want to do it now. And they would know that I would do it to the best of my ability. And 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 if they said, can you make that happen? They know that I would always do it, you know, as best I could. And sometimes 
I messed up. And and clients and teachers and friends and colleagues had some great mentors. You know, Michael Fahey, CTO at Lehman Brothers. He sat me down one day. I'd gone in to present for a deal, you know, £10 million deal. I was 27, I suppose. I'd broken my leg. How I broke my leg was a different story. I broke my leg. I turned up to present with a broken leg in the boardroom of Lehman's. And I apologised for turning up with a broken leg. And afterwards, Michael Farley said to me, your dedication to be here, other people are sitting at home saying, oh, I can't go to, to I've got a broken leg. Don't you ever apologise. Don't do that, you know. You should, be, you should be standing tall saying, I'm here with a broken leg. So, I don't know. I've always, I always want to make things happen. And, and I don't know why. Well, I do know why it is. It's because of what I said earlier. It's, it's still to try and prove that I can be somebody and, and I'm not a nobody because, number one, I'm a dad, and number two, I'm, I'm a soft, honest, authentic person. You know, I am someone. I'm not a nobody. Mm. And from, from knowing you and just the conversations we've had, the discussions, I can, I can definitely, you're, you're a man of heart, mm. um, very authentic, very honest and sincere and yeah sometimes that can be misinterpreted you know sometimes we do you know we do misinterpret it when someone is direct um but direct doesn't mean aggressive direct doesn't mean hard you know it, it just means you you're going to get to the destination in the shortest time possible yeah, and it's just a case of it's I just don't want the, the uh, you know, at work I talk to my team, we don't want tea and biscuit conversations and we don't want fluff or nonsense. We want to get to an outcome. We want to get there. We want to make it happen. And if we win, we win. And, and when we lose, because you have to lose to understand what winning's about, that's okay. But I'd rather make it happen quicker than, I don't want to be someone that's sitting there saying, God, you know, I started this journey when I was 14 and, and I'm still on it. Yeah, of course I'm still on a journey. But some of the things that I wanted to achieve, I've achieved. Now, you know, I'm always setting goals, always setting goals. I set a goal last year, 50 medals at the time I'm 50. I've got eight to go. 50 medals, that I mean I've got to run 10K or 5K at an event. It's got to be a timed event. It just... Little things that people, if, if anyone does them, it just makes you start to go, I'm a better me. I'm a better, I'm a better me. And if people don't like it, you then need to be able to say to yourself, okay, but I'm not doing it for those people. I'm doing it because I'm making, I'm making me a better person. Mm. And if, what they should do is kind of think, well, he's, you know, if, some people need to look at the hardest thing to do is to stop, look at yourself, and then say, I need to make some changes. That is the most difficult thing in life, and people don't do it because they're scared of what they see. Well, you've got to see yourself to know what you are to work out where you can get to. Because once you've done that, then you can say, okay, I think if I can do that, I can get there. If I can do that and I work really hard, I can get there. And if I do that, I can get there. And along the way, there'll be other things that start to come from that. 
it's it's pretty simple, really. I say that because I think I think it's pretty simple because you don't need you don't need a big science degree or an, or a Harvard MBA or you just don't need that. You need the basics. You need core values. You need focus. You need energy. You need EQ. EQ. I can see that this is a perfect place for us to um, end our first our first half, as we know it's a game of two halves, and just really powerful listening to a lot of the things that you've said. And I would love to dive in the second half, talking more about you saying when you talk about being a better me, because I think that's so powerful. And I feel when you speak about being a better me, it does take doing the work, it does take being honest, it does take being able to call it as it is and that does come from a lot of the things that you've gone through as a person it's not it's not simple for everyone but it means that someone's done the work to be able to be in that place to be able to have that that view of it so when I look at the first half I feel it's been quite powerful talking about the, the fear of success how some of us really hold it down and we're scared to put our head above the parapet because of um, potentially getting criticism or potentially being responsible for producing results. Um, you spoke about being decisive, which is really good as well, and and not and not allowing others to determine what you could be by you know people saying that you're not going to amount to anything, but not just settling with that, but then being able to set goals and work towards it, towards achieving it. And it just really surmises the importance of believing in yourself and being able to execute, being able to implement and being able to know that it's not for other people that you're doing it, but you're doing it for you, that you can be a better, better you. So I want to say thank you for the first half. I'm going to allow everyone to just go and have a, a copper, go and put the kettle on, go and have a break, and we will be back in the second half. Don't leave us because we're gonna have to we're gonna jump in and dive in even more with Andrew as we talk about more about finding your path and how he has found his path. Thank you.
part of Finding Your Path, the podcast. I'm with Andrew Diaper today, the Vice President of Capgemini. And we've been having a lot of different discussions talking about um, the fear of success, talking about believing in yourself, talking about, you know, setting goals, talking about all these different things. And I'm just, re- I'm really interested in, in, in your work as well, because, okay, vice president, that sounds big, it's illustrious, it's powerful. It's all these different kind of things. But what is like an everyday, what does everyday look like, like an everyday day look like for Andrew at work? I think every day is different because um, you know the, this job isn't a nine to five job. It's a, it's a it's a twenty four hour job of mentor, manager, leader, friend, colleague, salesperson, delivery person, finance, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm, I I wouldn't say that I'm great at any of those, but um, you know the job every day typically involves. What's the state of play? Where? What's our goal? What's the vision of the year? Let's remind ourselves. I've I spend every day. I speak to all of my team, and, and sometimes we talk about home. Sometimes we talk about work. Sometimes we talk about a deal. Sometimes we're, I'm feisty and saying I need more, and I, and I'm doing it, you know, in a mind that they know there's no nonsense. Um, but every day is is about, you know, I want to achieve more. I want us as a team, I want Capgemini as a business to be recognised as a good brand. I want us to do the right thing. I want us to be passionate. I want us to be driven. So every day is is typically, you know, I, I get up pretty early. Um, I either do some exercise in the morning or at the end of the day. Obviously, lockdown has, has changed out, so I'm doing a bit of both. Um, at the minute, I take my daughter to school, and and then it's a case of the, the day starts because India is awake early, so there's there's typically things to get on with there. There's a huge amount of emails from clients. There's discussions what people need. There's banks saying, "Can we do this?" and "That's not good," or "This is great," or "Can we change this?" And then then there's a constant WhatsApp, text, email stream of people wanting wanting something and and actually you know the ceo of camp gemini uh, iman recently spoke and this made me smile actually people always want to get to the top of the mountain and, and everyone's desire is to get to the top and uh, and that is a journey to get anywhere whether you're at the top of your own mountain within a bigger business when you actually get to the top, what happens? It becomes inverted, and then you've just got more and more people who want a piece of you. So there's always admin to do. There's always someone saying, "I need your guidance. I need your support. What do you think? How can I do this? Can you speak to a client? Can you present? Can you check this? What's your view?" So I absolutely love my job. I love it because it's it's the best job in the world. It is absolutely the best job in the world. I get to speak to hundreds and thousands of different people in, a, in an evolving marketplace of financial services and technology. The two, the two of those combined is, is incredible. And I work with super talented people, whether they are young freshers or people that are guiding me, you know, who I just sit and look in awe of because I think, God, this 
this this gentleman just makes this gentleman or this lady. This, you know, I'm thinking of two there. They just do things that I think, God, I can't. I'm learning every day, so I'm never bored. It's not like saying, oh, it's a, it's just great. I, I absolutely. If someone said, would you do anything else? My daughter says, oh, if you weren't doing what you were doing, what would you want to do? I said, well, Formula One driver would have been lovely. Um, artist, well, I've kind of achieved some of that now. I love doing this. It's I love it. I, and and now what I want to do is, as I kind of think towards the the latter end of my career, is how do I give the the journey lessons? How do I give them back in a way that makes it easy for people to understand that they can take something from it? Because you know. I get, I, get, I get a lot of happiness out of watching my younger members of the team, not just the younger members, I get happiness out of all of them succeeding and those around me. But I get happiness in the, in the people that were similar to me where people are like, that's not going to work. And then to watch those people become really successful, rounded business builders with integrity, who, who people respect. It's It's... It's it's a nice thing. It's you know because they will remember how they got there, and and hopefully one day they'll say, "God, I worked for some crazy guy, Andrew Diaper." Mm. <laughs> Less crazy these days. And, and listening, I can hear so much passion. And, and it's funny. I was speaking to someone today. I was speaking, just saying, you know, something. Just the value of having passion, it was like yesterday actually, the value of having passion and enjoying what you do. And I really feel that that is one of the benefits of finding your path. Like what we were speaking about earlier, sometimes you don't just find your path, you know, not, not, not everyone is fortunate or unfortunate. It depends how you look at it. Because when you think about someone like Lewis Hamilton, um, who at eight years old, he said, I'm going to be an F1 driver, you know, and he went Rye House. For that. You, you, you know, he was at Rye House, yeah. which, 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 is, which is fantastic. But at the same time, a lot of us, the way that we find our path is that we discover it, we stumble into it, we fall through the bushes and land on it, and we're still discovering our path. You know, it's not always that we've discovered our path because our path is something that's always evolving and becoming sometimes yeah. a new path. So what would you say, um, when you was younger, did you see even this ballpark of where you're in you know, or, or what you're doing. Did you see it? Was you aiming for it? What was you aiming for when you was young? It, it, you've got to have self-belief, okay? And, and you know, there, there is a bit of a theme here in that the people don't like success. And or they, it's not that they don't like it. They're just afraid of it. They are happy to not succeed or not fail and stay in the middle. And you have to have a bit of belief, in yourself there's nothing wrong with that it's not about arrogance it's it's confidence in your ability to give the best that you've got okay and 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 the the body and the mind are incredible things that you can do much more than you ever think you can do but you can do and i say to eve you, you know you can do much more than you ever want to do but back to your question and i'll come on to my daughter 
in a sec because there's a story there. But did I think I was going to be successful? Do you know what? I have to say yes because I was I was so determined. I was so determined to prove people wrong. And that's the bad thing because that is a scar. That's an emotional scar that still is there. So I still, it's still, I carry it in a bag. It's always there. And I always think, I wish I didn't have this sometimes, but it won't go because it's a scar. So I'm always trying to seek approval that I'm doing the right thing. And I don't always, I, I just don't because I'm human. I'm not a robot. But did I think I wasn't going to be uh, – how do I say? I, I always felt that I was going to exceed my own expectations. Wow. I think that's powerful. That's powerful that you even – that you go to, you go to exceed your own expectations. I, I, I feel it's so good that you can – be that honest, I think sometimes people misconstrue confidence with arrogance, you know. Again, they do because um, what, what is wrong in having, in having high expectations of yourself? What is wrong with that? There is nothing wrong with it. It's something that we should encourage. Shoot high. You can go and buy a poster and it will say, you know, shoot for the stars. And if you fail, you'll land on the moon. Shoot for the stars and, and of course, shoot for the stars. It does, you don't buy a poster that says, don't bother shooting for the stars. So people buy the posters, but they don't do what they, they don't do what they say. Actually, I know a load of people who do that. You know, Jamie Murphy, Mark Munes, a load of other people who just say, I'm going to go and set up my own company. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to exceed my own expectations. I didn't think I would be a vice president running UK banking of a 14 billion euro organisation. I didn't think that. What I did think was I'm going to exceed my expectations because my expectations were I'd love to have a job where I, wear, where I could wear a suit. I'd love to have a company car. I'd love to be able to afford my own cars and have a big house. I'd love to have a place in Spain. I'd love to have things that were materialistic that I could associate with a plan. Because if you put them on a plan, then you can, you can say to yourself, okay, you've got something to go, to, to go for. Get a job. Wow, I wanted to wear a suit because it, it made me feel I was on the right path to finding the success. It wasn't the path, but it was one of the ones close to it. It just meant that I needed to fall through a number of hedges, over a couple of trees, through some ditches and barbed wire to get to the path that I'm on now. And I'm sure that will change also. I feel that it's fantastic what you've just shared. And it is about having high expectations. I feel that it's about being able to realize your own potential. And I really believe that within everybody, there's a better version of themselves, just like within every caterpillar, there's a butterfly. And it's not being afraid. Sometimes it's the attention because you do have attention when you are succeeding or you have attention 
when you're, uh, you've got a platform. And if we're always trying to please people, then a lot of times we are seeking the approval of people. And when people are disappointed, then we feel disappointed and so forth. So I feel it is about being able to manage expectations in a sense of managing how people receive or how they accept our mm. our success or our desire to achieve. So I, I think you can't control how people look at what you want to do or what you want to achieve. But at the same time, you can still have a focus on going on where you want to go. You, you've, you've got to have discipline to be focused on where you want to go. And then you've got to learn to stop caring what others think. That was so difficult for me. It was so, so hard. God, one of my friends from school, you know, Derwin Hardwick, he and I had grown up since we were four years old. And when I was in my late 20s or early 30s, I'd started earning decent money. I was driving around in a Porsche. I was just me, but the perception, I want, I, I still felt that I needed to, to please people. And he just said to me one day, stop worrying about these people. I love you because you're my mate and you do a great job. Stop worrying about these people. I said, God, is it that obvious that I do? He said, yeah. Stop worrying what people think. It's very difficult because you constantly do do that all the time. And you have to talk yourself into success. You have to talk yourself into the right path. You have to talk yourself into focus. You have to remind yourself what you do. You have to say, I need to do this. And some things are less important than others. So I wouldn't say I'm an attention to detail person. And then you'll say, well, you know, how can you paint and have that level of detail and patience that I don't have either of those typically? Well, I do if I want to do that because you you make yourself you make yourself do it. And when you impart that into yourself or others. You know, and I can talk about some of the people in my team. I told you the story about Eve, you know, when she was um, on one of her sports days. You can, you can channel energy and belief and desire and want, and you can build it up so that it's so strong, you're unbeatable. Mm. And, then, and then when it comes out, it is, inc- it is incredible. It's better than any Porsche or any money because it's pure, unadulterated, driven success. Mm. Love it. And, I mean, I was just getting excited. Just, I was, I was just, <laughs> I was just feeling the pump, you know. <laughs> and, and, okay, this, okay, so I want to switch it just a bit, just a bit. And um, So we're recording this um, COVID-19 era at present we understand that you're um, a leader in business at present as well you're around understanding all the different things that's happening but what would you say are some of the things that are going to change about business or you know what are some of your observations that would be necessary to thrive in business post COVID-19 so you know COVID clearly is has already changed the world, the economic situation. But what people, what I don't think people have seen yet is the effect on themselves and those around them. Because because we're still in a bubble to a certain extent of saying, it's like a bank holiday weekend. Well, it's not, 
this is, you know, the economy is struggling. We need to get back to normality. There are fights in London, not social distancing. We need to kind of grow up. But, but the world has changed before then as well. And what you're going to find now is people are going to have time to reflect and understand who and what they are. And, and actually already, you know, already people need more from people. They just need more. You, unfortunately, it's no good being, whether you're a, a DJ or whether you're a, a chef or a hotel owner or a salesperson or a business leader or a delivery person or a nurse or a doctor, you need to be a doctor that can do this, this, and this. You need to be a salesperson that understands finance, delivery, operations. You need to be a DJ that can play every single thing. You need to be a, a mechanic that can work on all cars. doesn't matter what you do. The expectation from others is now you need to be better. And that that's good, but it, it drives another problem in, in then everyone gets out of kilter or out of balance because they focus on areas that they think they need to focus on and then they neglect often themselves, often their family, often the people around them. And, and, and that then has another effect. So, you know, what are the changes that I think people will see? I think you will start to see many more people needing to be sincere, transparent, or we talked about authenticity. You need to show your skills that you've got and and for people to understand the development areas that you also have, because none of us are perfect. We talked about robots. I'm not a robot. And, and in the future, people are just going to have to to understand that unfortunate expectations have changed, you know, we we need to be the best you that you can give. And to be the best you, you first have to then start to work out what's the bad you. And that's a horrible thing. Because people don't want to see the bad then, but you have to do that. You have to look in the mirror, be really honest with yourself and say, God, I wish I had not done that. I wish I had not done that. And that hurts when, you know, that hurts a lot. And then when you've done that, then you can say, right, I'm going to do this and this and this. And then when they do, then you then you can start to build and then you can say, right, I'm going to be successful and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. But these things are not, these are, there's no, we talked about MBAs earlier and certifications. There is so much we can learn from each other. And it's and it's just about open sharing. It's about mental stewardship, caring, support. Putting your arm around someone, not when they're winning or when they're losing, but putting your arm around someone all of the time. Business, outside of business, sport, church where it doesn't matter you know because it's all the same mm-hmm. and and i feel that there's so many people that don't have that and when they get it they realize 
they, it, it's, it's just like um, it's just like leaning back and knowing that someone's there. I've got you. And I say to you know some of my staff, you know these are big guys and girls. We you know we we physically have a hug and say, hey, I've got I've got you. It's okay, I've got you because they then know it's okay. I feel safe. I feel safe, and he's got my back. And we have that. Hey, don't come near because we're in and we're tight. And that means the safety net gives confidence. The confidence gives inspiration. The inspiration makes them better. Then they win at something. When I say win, that could be a simple goal of buying a house. Whatever it is, they succeed in something and they go, this is incredible. I want to do more. But you have to start with the basics and people don't. And they, they, you know, you've got to start with Start with basics, start with the end in mind, have a simple plan. Do the very best. And if it's a late night, it's a late night. And if it's an early morning, it's an early morning. Work, you know, work hard, play harder. It's, and, and people say, you know, you only have one life. No, you only have one death. We have life every day. Live it till the fullest. Do what you can Set yourself unachievable goals because you, if you set 10 goals, you'll, you'll hit seven of them. If you don't set 10, you'll hit none. Wow. It's, 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 it's very motivational speaking to you. You know, I'm feeling inspired myself. And um, I mean, I mean, we, we could continue speaking for ages and, and we know that we'll speak outside of this podcast and continue this conversation anyway. There's a few more questions I want to ask in us getting to a place of, 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 of bringing this to a close. Um, what would you say to your 21-year-old self? So you've lived, you've lived a life, you've achieved lots of things, you know, you've overcame lots of hurdles, you've discovered a lot on the way. And imagine you had the privilege of privileges to be able to sit down with you when you were 21, with who you are now. What would you say to that person? I would say three things. Don't worry you're going to be okay. Work hard and you're going to be much better than you think you're going to be at 21. Number two, I would say, don't worry what everyone thinks because when you get older, it won't matter because you'll already have surpassed the expectations that they and you set. And number three, if I could see myself at 21, you know what I'd do? I'd give myself a huge hug and say, I love you very much and I'm proud. Mm. Wow. I, I really feel, I feel it's important that that hug is administered to you. Do you know what I mean? That, that you receive that hug now because because you've been 
you've been an amazing person. You know, you've overcome a lot. You've seen a lot. You've done a lot, you know, and sometimes mm. we're not, we're just, sometimes we can be shy of work. If, we, if I'm to be honest, a lot of times we have big dreams because dreams a lot of times don't really cost. But the application and achievement of those dreams can cost everything. And that's why I feel it's so important not to be jealous of anyone or to envy anyone or to look at what they've got or what they've achieved because you just never know what cost they've had to pay to have that thing, you know. So I feel that listening to your story yeah, there's the trinkets, there's the, the trappings, the nice things, but they don't necessarily show anyone what you've had to carry day in, day out to see those things experienced, you know. So I just, when I listen to you, you know, say the third thing to, 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 to give yourself a hug and to say I love you, and I just felt that I could feel the emotion and I could feel... Um, yeah, I could feel the real raw emotion. That wasn't just words. That was like, that's what I would really do. This isn't like hypothetical. This isn't theory. This is I wish that I could give that person at 21 that experience. And I want to say that you deserve it. You know, you deserve everything that you've got. And I would say just continue like inspiring people and inspiring people that, are around you because you've got a lot of care for a lot of your team and a lot of people safe with you. So I just want to, in finishing, I feel we could have we could have continued and spoken a lot more. And you just there's two things I want you to do. Um, I want I want you to to share. Um, if people wanted to find out a bit more about you or they wanted to um, look into what you're doing, you know what social media. Um, or what places are the best places to connect with you and to find out? I think uh, on a professional basis, uh, LinkedIn is always, you'll always find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Instagram under uh, dipes underscore A, but that's just more, you know, Instagram's just, uh, I don't take too much notice of Instagram because it, it will condition you for the wrong reasons, but it's, it's just a, a, you know, it's just there to, to, to show some things. Um, so if you want to get an inside track, you can you can get an inside track there. And, and the last thing I want want to ask is, what do you want to be remembered for, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> what do I want to be remembered for? Yeah, when when people are remembering. And um, I want to be remembered. I want to be remembered for being a good son, a good dad, and a feisty, hardworking, bloody-minded businessman with who wore his heart on his sleeve. I want to say thank you, Andrew. Um, you have been you've been a pleasure to speak to, you know. And I've seen you heartily sleep during this talk. And I just want to say thank 
for bringing your whole self to this interview. Um, and it, it takes practice to do that. And it's clear that you've been doing that to be able to do that in this moment. So I want to say thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for um, encouraging others. Thank you for having such a heart to share and to be open. It takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable. And I believe vulnerability is what really develops strength. And I want to say, continue mm. what you're doing. And I'm looking forward to working with you and touching base and doing different things. You know, we've got different things that we're, we're looking at. So really excited about yeah, that. Yeah. And, and just thank you. For and, and likewise, you know, it's a, a great opportunity and a pleasure just to share some, some insight. It's just, you know, I think it's important that people understand all aspects of what, they typically see so for me if I can give if people take one thing away great if they think it's just nice great if they can take more away and and think to themselves actually that makes sense and I can put that into to practice and then then I've achieved and it, you know if I can help one person that's achieved more than my expectations well that's thank you great. Thank you very much. And I want to say thank you for listening and being um, with us during this Finding Your Path podcast. And I hope that you've got some takeaways, you've got some nuggets, and more important, that you will implement and apply yourself to the things that you've taken away. So thank you. And I look forward to catching up with you next week. Take care.